Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Again, we're going to lead into the second segment with QB1, number nine, Joe Burrow. And it's one of those things. We talk about that MVP conversation. I get kind of backlash on it. Oh, it's too early to talk about that. This time last year, we were saying, Jamar Chase, rookie of the year. Let's talk Joe Burrow, comeback player of the year. And at the end of the season, you could have put Joe in the MVP conversation. Didn't think he was going to win it, but he deserved to be in that conversation. If you were ready to crown a bunch of quarterbacks after week one and two in the MVP conversation, you're at the halfway point of the season. I think it's fair to say this guy is proving, even, even in the games that they've lost, Joe's still putting up the numbers. And we've always said it in those games. With Joe Burrow on the field, you always have a chance. And yes, credit to the defense and even the losses, being able to do what they've done in the second half is just absolutely insane right now. But Joe has led them down the field for a score. Maybe they start out slow on offense, but he always finds a way towards the end of the game to at least put him in the game, tie the game, or the go-ahead touchdown, what we saw last week against the Saints. And then, of course, he just dominates the Falcons. So... When you hear that, oh, it's too early to to put him in that conversation. You know, what do you think about that? What's what's too early? I mean, when is it when is it okay? So for Burrow specifically, it's too early to talk about as like a favorite. I think I know he's fourth in MVP odds. The top two are the top two. Uh, Mahomes and Allen are far and away the favorites. And then you have Hertz, who I think is in a tier of his own, and then Burrow and Lamar are the next grouping. But um, we're looking at it, though, it's it's Burrow is there despite such a slow start. Um, that's the big deal to me. And now he's getting up there in passing yards. He, he's getting near the league lead. And the touchdowns are coming. All these things are coming for him. So those are important for this conversation because I think the voters look at all of those stats a lot. Um, but like I was saying, it's just, he started so slow that it's almost too early for him to be a part of, is he a favorite? Like last year he was top five, probably in the voting. I don't know if that gets released. I would think that he was in the top five of voting. Um, and I think if you ended it right now, he might be top five in voting again, but if he can consistently, and show it against good defenses, too, because it, while we watch and we say that throw was awesome, the, the placement was great. If you watch the film, he wasn't just beating up on bad defenses, giving this guys 50-50 balls. He's playing with awesome ball placement accuracy, playing out of structure. He's processing the game really well. He's just destroying this defense structurally more than taking the personnel matches. 
the the people you know the it's kind of the old bcs impress the voters you know but mm -hmm. impress the voters for the mvp what's the mvp moment type thing you know what is that maybe that's kansas city or buffalo in the prime in a prime time window beating those defenses i do think that buffalo game could be you know if burrow keeps it up I, it's all about the stats and your record so if they win the division and he is looking top three in yards, top in touchdowns, you know, got great yards per attempt and passer rating, all those things. And then they play Josh Allen on the on January a, on a, 2nd, Monday night, January football. 2nd, Monday night football. Uh, I think that could be a big one because that's probably looking at two of your top MVP guys. If Burrow can continue this um, and Allen could continue his, although he's, you know, I feel confident in both guys being great going forward, but let's just say, they have to continue this well, but that could be kind of the center stage. It's happening so late in the season too, right? That it's almost right before votes go in. The early season stats matter way less than your late season stats for this because it's like, what have you done for me lately? Let's look at the uh, season-long stats and let's look at how your team did. And that Monday night game could be big. Could be big for a few things. Could be big for, you know, the Bengals in general, uh, but it also could be big for Joe Burrow's possible MVP odds. It's honestly absolutely wild to think about. I want to get to the offensive line performance on Sunday and the defense. We'll get to that in a little bit. But I do want to focus on the AFC playoff picture because I think Cincinnati put themselves right back into the conversation after what they've been able to do the last two weeks. Monday night football is absolutely huge. And we'll get to the preview predictions later in the week. But if they win that one and Joe... Joe can play in prime time. He's proved that in Cincinnati that he's doing just fine in that environment. And I do kind of feel like it's a little bit of a revenge game for Joe because he's trying to beat the Cleveland Browns for the first time in his career. But again, I don't want to look too far ahead because there's so much to talk about and a lot of exciting conversations right now with this team. It's wild because that January 2nd game, it's a lot of deja vu because it's still, it's wild that sports gambling is going to be real on January 2nd for that game. And they're going to have all that at Paycor Stadium because that'll officially happen on January 1st. And I can't imagine how many people are going to put money on that game. Then this time last year, they, well, it was 2022, January 2nd, 2022. They were playing the Kansas City Chiefs at home, won that game to win the division. You could be right back in that picture if the AFC North standings are close. And they could be. In the following week, um, you'll have the Baltimore Ravens. But to be kind of put in that position again and not to look at the crystal ball and predict this is going to happen, but say you win that game on January 2nd and it helps you win your division, you help your playoff seeding, and then you would see the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship game replacing the Kansas City Chiefs, just what you got in 2021, but the replacement team of exactly who you saw. Because I have a feeling if, if Cincinnati is going to the postseason, they're going to be seeing Kansas City or Baltimore or the Buffalo Bills. Uh, a lot of people thinking only one's going to come out of the North, but I don't know. I'm not feeling super strong about the AFC overall. It's kind of a little tight, top-heavy right now, but I feel like we're really going to start to see early November and kind of seeing it right now, late October, the good teams are going to start to float to the top. And then you'll have your medium, your teams right in the middle. And then the ones that are just like absolutely brutal. And I'm going to put the Denver Broncos in that category. Um, but overall, it, it's just absolutely wild. If you're, if you're 
Mike Brown and the ownership group right now. And this team stays what we saw from last year. This offense stays hot. This defense can did you, continues to do just absolutely amazing things in the second half. And you get Kansas City. You get the Buffalo Bills. You get the Baltimore Ravens games all at Paycor Stadium. That Kansas City game is a 4 p.m. game. So Tony Romo, Jim Nance are coming to town. Monday Night Football, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow and then Baltimore Ravens to end the season. It's absolutely incredible to think about the home slate towards the back half of the season. Yeah, those three games could all technically be primetime, right? Uh, not the Chiefs. I guess the Chiefs game could get flexed. I haven't looked at what Sunday Night Football match. I see them keeping it at I don't think – but, yeah, I think that CBS protects the game so that they keep it. But really – the game of the week is almost a primetime game because for mm-hmm. most teams that for most, sorry, most households, that's the game you get. It's it does great numbers. So it's, it's almost its own primetime, but let's say it's not primetime. So you still have the bills game. That's primetime. And then the Ravens game. I don't remember when that's supposed to be played, but if that is for the division, I imagine that gets flexed into the last week, Sunday night football slot. I don't, even so, want, I don't even want that to be a div- matter about the division. I want that to be taken care of going into that game, and maybe you're just knocking them out. Knocking them out. That would just be – I will say even if it's for the one seed you know, or the two could seed. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? And the Ravens are playing to make the playoffs or something like that. You know, they they win, they're in. If they lose, maybe who knows – at least going into the week, they'll know when it's the last game. <laughs> I guess they'll know. Why, why am I getting so excited? Anyway, that's so far down the line. But it I'm is, just saying it that it is almost three games in a row of what could be basically primetime games. You know, you've got your game of the week. You've got a primetime game and what could be flexed into something. So could get a lot of viewers on the Bengals going in as they try to make their big push. I think right now they are, wouldn't say a lock for the playoffs they win their next two games i still wouldn't say a lock for the playoffs there's just you know things could go wrong yeah. but i do think they're in a good position right now 538 has them at about a 70 percent chance to make the playoffs um 40 something percent chance to win the division ravens have the 50 something percent chance and the browns and steelers as i've been saying probably not a real conversation about winning the division um and they seem to think the same thing so if you win the the big issue though for what's separating them and the Ravens, even though like the same, you know, statistically record, all of that is their own two in the AFC North. And so that's why this game is so big on Monday night is if you can get to one and two, you just start getting some of these wins together. Will the Ravens go six and oh, five and one, even in the division. I don't know, maybe, but if they go four and two and you win the second game against them, now you're in a good spot, even if you tie them, because I don't remember what the third tiebreaker is, but maybe AFC record. Uh, I don't remember, but <laughs> I'm just just a long way to say this game Monday is important. All your division games are basically game and a half almost, and the Bengals have dropped two of those so far, so they can't afford to drop their third in a row. Yeah, Joe actually, when he talks about the divisional games, he just straight up says this is a two game. It's two games. It's two games in the standings. That's why you need to win it. And I, and maybe, like I said, maybe it's optimistic, maybe just seeing what Joe Burrow's been able to do the last two weeks. But I do, Joe knows in the back of his mind, hey, I I haven't beat this team yet. And we can't lose another AFC North game because it is like the AFC is kind of just still a little bit all over the place. I don't know if it's as loaded as we thought it would be, but there's still a lot of teams with 
pretty much the same record. So that doesn't help them, you know, especially if it comes down to AFC type. I don't, all that stuff's going to be in the future. We're almost, we're almost in November, which is absolutely insane to think about week eight, big Monday night football game. Again, preview prediction later in the week. I do want to hit on a little bit of the offensive line. When you watch the tape, was this, if you were to rank the offensive line performance so far this season, where are you putting this game? Third. I think the last two games might have been better. Um, but I could argue second. It was it was in the upper echelon. The last three games in a row have all been, I think, good performances to different degrees, uh, whether there's one guy not always stepping all the way up. That's a different conversation. But this week, I think, was a high floor game. There were no guys that I watched and thought, oh, he's, you know, you know, I, I, I kind of bring it up. Sometimes there are times where guys get beat a few more times than he should, or then that is, you know, optimal. And uh, this game, I feel like guys lost. Volson lost to Jarrett. That happens. Grady Jarrett's a dude. And Kappa lost to Jarrett. Grady Jarrett's a dude. Uh, but it didn't feel like Burrow was under constant pressure. A lot of times he had a firm, strong pocket to step up into. So they're not even just, you know, not losing, but they're winning a lot of the time. Uh, it felt a lot like they got a good performance. That's all you really need with Joe Burrow. Um, because you create that good pocket, good surrounding system for him. He's smart, accurate. He's going to find it, and he's going to put it in the right spot. So to me, this wasn't the best performance they've had because I just think the run blocking in the Saints and Ravens games were better, even though the pass protection in this one could be better than those games. I, I think the Ravens game was actually probably just their best game as a unit, but uh, Saints game was good as a run blocking I think this game had better pass protection, so toss up there. I don't think any of the first four games get to be in the conversation really because there were a lot of issues in those games. Then they have been ironed out quite a bit. Uh, I just think that as a whole, the unit just seems more cohesive and gelled like we were hammering the entire season. That's This is going to happen. It happened. As long as these guys stay healthy enough that they're all playing together and you're not tossing in new pieces – the same five have played almost all of the snaps. And that is huge because these guys in their continuity with the guy next to them, they are able to work communication, everything as if they've been playing for years together. They're still not perfect. It's hard to get to that point, but it is at a high level. The floor of the offensive line has been officially, I believe, raised. Hopefully that doesn't come back to bite me this week. Yeah, better not. Um, <laughs> Miles Garrett scares me no matter how well the offensive lines play. Yeah, that guy's gonna come into the stadium in a Michael Myers mask. I can just feel it now. He's for you, yeah, yeah, he's absolutely terrifying. Well, why, why doesn't why doesn't one of our guys just dress up as um, <laughs> as... Uh, I think it would be so cool. And look, I've said this on social media, and I'm 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 one of those people. We'll get to all the Halloween stuff later. This I was week. saying, as Jamie, as Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, Michael, he comes as Michael. <laughs> If I was an NFL player, you would dress up as Jamie Lee Curtis. No, no, (laughs) let me finish. Um, no, but okay, so I hate Halloween, like, I hate the okay, I hate no, I'm sorry. I mean, I hope there's a lot of people that love Halloween, good for them. Um, I I'm going to continue this conversation into our third segment because this is going to be longer than a minute and I'm going to wrap this, but I want to talk about this and what I would do. We're not going to get into 
cliffhanger next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsay's thoughts on Halloween. <laughs>